welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Tonight, so we're continuing our series of like Jesus, and I think we're going to hear some real life testimonies. Maybe I kind of heard that um, about what Jesus is doing in people's lives. So let's listen up, let's lean in one more time to what the Spirit of God has to say to us. Amen. Can you hear me, everybody? Okay, good. Um, yeah, actually that um, introduction by Jen was perfect because it kind of goes with what I'm talking about today. And obviously our series has been like Jesus and um, it has been so timely, probably not just for me, but probably the majority of us. Um, but I wanna give you a snippet of just um, a little piece of my life and my heart and my takeaway from this series. Um, I had a, a fellow mom from uh, my son's school a few years back say to me, she's like, oh, you always just look so put together and everything's great and, um, you know, you just have such a perfect life. And every time she said it to me, it kind of took me back because I'm like, you actually have no idea <laughs> what I'm living in. And um, with that being said, I just said, wow, that must be such a testament to Jesus and how he brings the joy out of me, even in the chaos. And um, I met with Jenny uh, a few weeks ago, and she said, you know, when was your greatest spiritual development in your life? And I had to think about it, and I said, actually, probably when I was a kid, because I had such reverence and revelation of the Holy Spirit and of God. Uh, my mom raised me in the church, but as a kid, I went through a lot of loss and a lot of brokenness in my family. My, both my mom and, well, my mom and dad divorced when I was two, and both remarried three times before I was 11. And um, even though I didn't have a lot of role model, model, modeling going on in my life and leadership at that time, what I did have was Jesus. And I would go home after church and I would preach to my stuffies. And my mom always said to me, she's like, you are going to like live a life of serving God. I know it, no matter what you do. And even though my passion has been dance and the arts, I've been a dance teacher for 35 years and doing photography now. Um, but my love has always been for people. And reconciling that love um, in my own life and just and finding out my true identity in Christ and learning of his deep love for me has been, been what has transformed me. Um, fast forward from my 10 years, my first 10 years, um, I kind of went down a slippery slope in my teens and my 20s. I didn't fall away from God. I always knew his word was truth in my life and that I would be a follower of his. Um, but when I started feeling abandonment and alone, and like I wasn't worthy of that love because I didn't have it around me, um, I started making poor choices. And um, now fast forward to my 30s, I made the conscious effort to really follow the Lord and really surrender everything. And that was part of the Likes Jesus series was surrender. 
And the minute I did that laying down of everything, my hurts, my sin, my guilt, my shame, um, forgiving the ones that have you know, physically abused me, sexually abused me, emotionally abused me, the minute I laid that down, I was able to hear the voice of the Lord and have him speak truth and projection and purpose into my life. And uh, with that surrender, I consciously made an effort to meet with him daily. And so I get up every morning before my kids, an hour to an hour and a half early, and I'm in his presence. And being in that presence has changed the trajectory of my marriage. It has changed the entire outlook of um, my life, my hope. Um, I'm no longer constantly living in that place of why isn't my life looking like that person's? Why isn't this happening faster? Why isn't the abundance coming sooner? And so anyway, um, yeah, I, I feel like that surrender gave me a holy peace, a holy steadiness. I was able to move through life uh, slower and more steadily, and the fruits of my spirit started to really flourish. Um, and I specifically prayed certain things over my life, and a big one was patience. I used to be a very impatient, like, things have to happen now kind of person, and those things, God started to do a mighty work in me. To wrap this up, because I only have 30 seconds left, my biggest takeaway from this crazy chaotic season is that if you let your guard down, the enemy's going to come in and destroy you. I felt it a few weeks ago. Depression started coming in and wiping me out, and it's because I let my guard down. And I know if you want to be like Jesus, you have to be in his presence every day, all day. He has to be the one leading you and walking you through this crazy life because when it gets harder, if we don't have him, we are going to slip. We are going to slip so fast. So I just pray for our church to be unified and hungry for God so that we can live in his righteousness. Wasn't that great? That was, that was great. Good job, Lee. I'm going to have my mother-in-law come on up now. This is going to have to get moved down for sure. I love having our 5 for 5 services so that we get to hear different people's hearts, different people's take on things, and hear what God is saying to them about. This should not, she's not that short, man. <laughs> Oh, she, yeah, no, oh, my bad. <laughs> everything's, everything's small from down up here. Here, let's see. There you go. Oh, that's, per, that's perfect. All right, this is my mother-in-law. For those of you who don't know, this is Margaret, Jen's mom. And um, I've already got to hear all these because all these people came in and filmed this week. And so uh, it's going to be online to watch tomorrow. So I've heard all these. And I can't tell you how excited I am about every one of them. So, Mother Margaret, away Do you I go. have to keep count to the clock this time? No, not, no. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's just a point of reference for you. Hi, you already know who I am. <laughs> and I don't know who all of you are, particularly. But anyways, um, I just got a bit of a testimony to share. And um, it's always hard to know where to start because you want to start from the beginning. And I can talk a lot when I need to. And... 
I've got kids who are preachers and I gotta follow that. So sometimes, you know, that can be a bit of a hard place to be in and that, you know, but I pray, I pray and I pray and I pray. So anyway, it's just like most moms and grandmothers and a great grandmother now. So I just wanted to share a testimony and one thing I wanna say, Jesus first. Jesus first in the morning, Jesus first in every choice that we make. Jesus first in our decisions, in our marriage. When we put Jesus first, success comes to your life. Success comes and growth happens and transformation happens. Amen. And I've experienced it. I'm 70 years old now, so I've gone through a lot of that. Not always perfect, but Jesus is always perfect inside of me. And we're in him. So I want to read from the... Passion Translation. If you watch tomorrow, you'll see that I'm crying. Yeah. So I gave way to the tears because I could, I was so surprised by that that I actually felt such emotion looking at a camera eye. But you know, but my son-in-law was the audience there for me. But I want to talk about an experience that I had a few years ago. And I um and I'd just been hearing people talking about how they'd had encounters with God. And that's something that's always meant a lot to me is to have encounters with God because when you experience him, you can share that experience with, about him to others because you're so convicted and, and persuaded about that it's true. And it will reveal itself in your speech to others. And so, anyways, and then the encounter was to seek him first, to spend time with him, to have intimacy with him and to desire him. And I'd heard about people that would set aside specific dates, specific times to spend time with him and just be with him. So I thought, I want to have that experience. I want to have everything that God has for me or wants for me to have. And so I said, Father, he's Father. I said, Father, I want to know, I want to set that time for you. So I said, on this day, I'm going to come and I want to have a date with you. A date like a lover would have with another lover. And I'm going to come at this and this time we're going to meet. And so as that day approached and as that time approached, that whole day I was so, so excited. My heart was pounding. I, I could feel like I could feel like the father's heart was pounding. Like he was so happy that I was doing this and he was going to be there to meet me. And so I showered, I did my hair, I put perfume on, I had flowers in my room actually, in my office where I pray, had the chair set, I had the, the lights turned down low, and I just want to read, before I continue, I want to read this to you. In the Passion Translation, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10, it starts, The one I love calls to me. Arise, my dearest, hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth. Anyways, I hurried to the room. The clock was ticking. And I had just finished doing the dishes. And I went away. I didn't say anything to Pat about what I was doing. I just said I was going to go to my office, spend some time there. And so... I went in there and I thought, how do I start this? How do I do this? Because there's that feeling of maybe speaking to an empty room, you know, but, but because I, I know I'd prepared my heart so well and I committed myself to the, that moment that I just sat down in my chair and I just started to tell him 
how much I loved him, not what I needed, not what I wanted, but who I loved, and how thankful I was for all that he had blessed me with and all that he had given me, how thankful I was in spite of the losses in my life, despite of the abandonments, God is always faithful. The Father is always faithful and ready to meet you, and he answers you when you call out to him, he's there. And as I was telling him how much I loved him, how much I needed him, I wanted him, desired for him, that all of a sudden these waves of love came down on top of me, like wave after wave. I was... I was pretty much out of breath. I was just almost couldn't handle the waves of love that he was showering me with. And all I could do was stand there and say, God, you're the God of the universe, and it's me, just Margaret Short, and you care about me. I'm not invisible. It was a wonderful experience, and it's an experience that every one of us can have. Not one of us escapes his notice. Not one of us escapes his eye. Not one of us is invisible to him. So if you have felt invisible and not loved by him, you're not. I testify of that. And you know what? I dare you to do this yourself, to set those times aside for him, those times of meeting with him. And he will bless you, and he will tell you things that you need to hear, and he will tell you how much you are loved and are special, and God has no favorites. You're all his favorite, Adrian. Cherokee, Mike, Jenny, Jeff. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, sir, over there. Ryan. Anyways, we're all his special, and he knows every one of you uniquely. So what I always desire to want to be is a labor in the vineyard, and I've had experiences when I've left the results up to him, when I haven't engaged in defending the arguments that people invariably give you. And even on the ferry trip, God will use you on a ferry trip to speak to an 85-year-old professor at UBC who's literature, and he'll use the foolish thing, the foolish thing to confound the wise when he says his parents were missionaries, but he turned his back on God because his mom gave him, the, him and his brother the choice of whether to serve God or not. And I said, you don't believe in God? And he said, no, I don't. And if you do, you're delusional and you're, and you're crazy in your head. I said, and he says, how can you say that? I said, and instead of def all the defending things that would come up in my heart, I just said, what do I say? And all I could say was, I've experienced him. I've experienced him and he's shown me and I've experienced his love. He couldn't say anything to that. And I said, you believe in evolution, don't you? He said, yes, I do, because of the way he was talking. He believed in evolution. And I said, well, do you know about the author, what the author did? I said, he recanted of his theory of evolution. He recanted, and he turned his heart back to God. And he was so shocked by what I said, him and his friend, because they were spouting off how wonderful this book was. Instead of going into, well, where are the, the things that are, are changing and evolving, they're not. Instead of saying that, I said, the author recanted. And by the time we were finished, it was time to get off the fair, and he stood up. He looked like Gandalf from The Hobbit, and I was so short. <laughs> Anyways, 
he shook my hand, and there was a light in his eyes. And he said, my name is Peter. He says, yeah, I know, like the apostle. And I said, your mother's prayers are, are, are being answered. I said, your mother has prayed for you all these years. Anyways, he shook my hand. I could just see a respect from a professor to a lowly, non-academic. And people, and I didn't realize how loud that we were speaking, because people that were in that little cafe area, the ferry came, and they said, you did wonderful, you did great. And I said, well, why didn't you say anything? You were doing okay all by yourself. We didn't need to say anything. So it just shows you that when we don't engage with the enemy, with arguments, how much God will use you in that. So anyways, labor is in the vineyard. Amen? Amen. 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 Sorry about the microphone. Sorry about the microphone. All that with the microphone falling down while she's talking. Isn't that great? I'm going to have Jill come up and speak next. Um, aren't these great? Do you want this, Jill? We're going to make sure the microphone's nice and tight for you this time so it doesn't fall down on you. Oh, well, no, I didn't even notice it was there. Okay, let's get this reset. It's your timer, so you know how long you... No pressure. Oh, no pressure. All right. You listening? Are you listening? Yeah. Are you hearing anything? Are you hearing anything changing your life? Okay. I'm Jill. And I'm reading this because I'm prone to going on rabbit trails. <laughs> so these last weeks, we've been learning about the... Sorry. The character... can't read my writing. The character of Jesus and how we experience him. I want to tell you how certain people in my life were examples of Jesus with skin on. Instant attraction that simmered in my heart for many years. A deep well of Jesus shown as acceptance and grated carrots with Thousand Island dressing. to make a meal stretch with this lonely and confused eight-year-old when I stayed for dinner. Still my comfort food. A spark of Jesus in a simple bless you and a quick hug as our paths crossed in an airport. That's Jesus. The faithfulness, patience, and love poured over me as I grappled with life. Only someone living in accord with the assurance and peace that only Jesus can give shared him with me. Jesus holds that. My very ill closest friend, her last intelligible words to me were, Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us. She spoke that truth with a big smile from a wheelchair while she was trapped inside her own body. But I believed her, and I treasure that memory, only Jesus. Much wisdom, grace, much grace, unconditional love, and I have to say long-suffering were mine from a woman who walked the talk. She is forever in my heart, that's Jesus. I have a very dear friend who's always stayed a friend even when I wasn't, and that's surely Jesus. 
I have a child who needed Jesus as much as I did. She radiates strength and peace as she moves through her days. That's only Jesus. It was never a gushy, religious, feel-good kind of Jesus. Jesus imparted to me as their strong foundation who held their lives and hearts together. And it cemented in me as a, I want that. My life took on shape and meaning. There's always, always, at any moment in time, Jesus. Three of these people are now leaping and dancing with the one who gave them life. The one who picked me up, dusted me off, and met me right where I was at, because that's just what he does. The one who beckons me to say out loud before my feet hit the floor each morning, today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I've experienced great sorrow, pain, and loss in my life, but I'm still standing, and that's Jesus. He's the lifter of my head. He's my anchor in the storm. He's my refuge. He's my best friend, comforter, and Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Dolly Parton and Zach Williams sing a song, and in everything, there was Jesus and he was and he is forevermore. His mercies are new every single morning. That is truth no matter what I feel like. He's truth and he's who I choose to follow and I truly believe that a very mixed up kid was known by God and placed with human beings who would show her the love of Jesus in action, the way, the truth, and the life. In Matthew 11, verse 30, the message translation, Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lauren Daigle sings of the Lord. You take what is and you make it beautiful. I recently lost my husband of 48 years and that wasn't supposed to happen. But Jesus wooed him too, so I'll see him again. I thought that I had died too, but God. The unforced rhythms of grace. I want, I want to move through that. I come thirsty to drink of his living water. The sky's the limit, literally. The amazingness of it all is that he chooses us. We don't have to go hunting for him. He's sitting at the right hand of our Father, our Heavenly Father, fighting for us, just like we are the only one that he loves. I'm as desperate for him as was that eight-year-old girl. And we sang tonight, just watch what he will do. So he's right here, he's Jesus. Jill, that was amazing. It was really heartfelt and, Ruth, you can come make your way up here. Um, 
But what I loved about Jill sharing is, did you notice how that she was able to go through and pick things out of her life when she saw Jesus move in her life? I think a lot of times that we ignore those things, we forget about those things, and we just move through life. But I love it when we can pause for a moment and just think and reflect on what God has done for us when he's made himself real to us. Amen? This is Ruth. Are you ready? I don't know. Is this gonna, is this gonna fall down on her? Okay, all right, all right, here we go. It's all you. I'm a mom, I can yell if it falls down. <laughs> Anyhow, hi everybody, you already know that I'm Ruth. Um, I have two children that are almost adults that go here, but they're ones outside and ones at home on their way, so you don't get to see them, but that's Kayla and Jaden, for those of you who don't know. Um, I want to give you just a tiny snapshot of my background as well uh, from my earlier years. I was raised in a Christian home. Um, my dad was an educator. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad loved adventure and he liked rural places. So I grew up my first years in the Yukon and my dad was a principal of a school up there in the very heart of the Yukon called Mayo. Um, probably 95% First Nations, awesome people. Um, and my, some of my earliest memories are from uh, being in church or in a home group. Um, they went on for hours and hours, so I'd crawl under the table, coffee table, or the benches at church and fall asleep when I got tired. But um, there had been a revival up in the Yukon among the First Nations people in the late 60s, early 70s, and so they figured if they were going to the bar every night to drink, then when they got saved, they were gonna to go to church every night. And so we went to church every night and for hours. And honestly, I feel like that's where I got birthed, although I didn't actually accept Jesus into my heart until I was five. Um, <clears throat> so I grew up in that kind of an environment, always something interesting happening. We lived in South America as well for a number of years where my dad was teaching at a university and we got involved in the local church, helped build a mission training school there. Um, in the middle of the jungle. So that is a whole nother story. Um, many years later, that's where I met my husband and that's how I have wonderful brown children. <laughs> so <laughs> um, my older two children actually are very involved in the churches where they go in Langley. Um, so you think, okay, so she sounds like she's had this perfect life, no challenges, but I can assure you that um, God has a way of allowing circumstances in our life to make sure that we are, go through the fire and are purified. So I won't go into any of that now, but most of my adult life has been extremely challenging. I've been through lots of fire, um, but also lots of victory. And um, that's what I'm here to share with you tonight because when I was asked to do the five or five, I was like on this series, I'm like, man, which one do I choose? Because I could probably speak on each one of them because they impacted me so much because all of my life I've had such a passion to know Jesus and to be like him. And the only way you do that is from being in his presence and walking through life with him. And so, um, but the word that God spoke into my heart was sanctification. And it sounds like a big word. Most of my life I was like, whatever is that anyway? It didn't, you know whatever. Um, to break it down, um, the definition in Merriam-Webster's 1828 um, is of sanctification is the act of making holy. It's a verb. It's action. Um, of the act of consecrating or setting apart for a sacred purpose or the service of God, which leads you to holiness. What is holiness? It's a noun. It's a state of being holy or purity of heart. 
integrity of moral character, freedom from sin. Like, whoa, that sounds impossible. Well, yep, it is. Without Jesus, it is completely impossible. But that's what sanctification is. It's that process of being sanctified and made holy. And it's not anything that we can do through any kind of religiousness or rules or laws. You can check with the Pharisees on that. It doesn't work, right? So I want to read a scripture from Psalm 24, uh, verses 3 through 6. I'm going to read it first, just uh, verse 3 and 4 in the King James Version, because that's what I grew up with. But I also like to do other translations for sort of clarity. So the first is Psalm 24, verse 3 and part of 4. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. And in the, in the Passion, I want to read that passage. It says, Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, those whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, those whose words are sure, they will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God, for they seek the pleasure of God's face. That's the cry of my heart. I want to see his face. I want to see his pleasure. And, you know, there's nothing more important on this earth, really. Um, those things just kind of fade away for me. I, no matter what I'm involved in, no matter what I'm doing, I want him to be pleased. I want to, I want to seek his pleasure. Um, and so I thought, you know, 2020, this has, been, this has been a year like no other for all of us. And I'm sure every one of you could have this testimony. It's been a year where we've had lots of opportunities for sanctification. <laughs> um, and I won't go into that, any of the details of that because I'm running out of time. But um, we had everything from injuries, illness, a flood of our house um, right in the middle of COVID. Um, just everything you can imagine, a whole bunch of other stuff, just a lot of extra challenges on top of everything else. And yet, um, what I realized was, you know, the good news is that <laughs> the whole process, this all helps us in our, in our process of sanctification. If we use every challenge that comes, every difficulty that comes as being, okay, God, take that out of me, you know, take the fear, take the selfishness, the pride. Um, my older daughter always says she wakes up in the morning, the first thing she prays is, Lord, please forgive me for pride, because I know I'm going to mess up in that today. And, and you know, we all have so much pride. I could have pride about a lot of things, and it's like, I don't want that in me. I don't want those ugly things. That's sin. And I want to I be pure and holy before God, but he is the one that makes us that way. We can try and try and try in our own strength, and it's not going to work. But when we, when we invite him into our circumstances, whatever they are, and say, Jesus, please cleanse me, wash me, make me holy the way only you can. He does it, and that's sanctification. So I just want to encourage everyone tonight, whatever you're going through, use it. Let God use it in your life to make you holy and pure before him as only he can. God bless. What a novel thought about letting, letting the things you go through, Garrett, you can come on up, letting the things you're going through, letting God work through those things to form his character more inside of you. What a novel thought, Ruth. How wonderful.
Uh, this is Garrett or Gary. Well, whatever, whatever. He's got, he's got many names, and I'm sure he'll tell them all to you, but uh, I'm really excited to have him share with us. He's our last one, and I know that it's going to be challenging for you, like encouraging, transformational, if you open your hearts and let God speak to you through it. So, are you ready, sir? You yeah, you bet. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jake. Uh, thank you for inviting me. You know, and when you asked me to talk about Jesus, I thought, oh man, isn't that awesome? Uh, because uh, Jesus is the one who makes such a much difference in my life, you know? It's, uh, it's just awesome. And when I look around, uh, I honestly can say that uh, uh, when I look at statistics, 95% of Christians who sit in church will never, ever share the gospel with anybody else. You know, isn't that sad? And I know you guys are not in that category, you know? Yeah. But uh, when I look at that old picture, it uh, makes me more determined to talk about Jesus, you know? He is such an awesome, awesome friend. When I drive on the highway and I look at the mountains, I simply can talk to him uh, and, and, and thank him for the fantastic uh, creation, you know? It's, uh, it's just awesome. Um, I, I'm blessed with a big family. Six children, 19 grandchildren, a beautiful wife of uh, 54 years, you know? And uh, uh, did that mean that everything uh, was uh, roses in my life? Absolutely not. But in every single step, God was there. Jesus was there to help me, you know. And I came to Canada when I was 35 years old. And uh, uh, that's the reason I still have a big accent, you know. But when I talk to Jesus, he doesn't care if I have an accent, you know. <laughs> he understands that completely. And somebody told me that uh, in heaven, they only talk Dutch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I have to say, uh, God the Father and Jesus together, they are so awesome, you know? They help us in every, every area, you know? And I'm blessed. I think probably 70, 80% of the people I talk to, I, talk, I ask them about Jesus. Because I work as a chaplain in Chilliwack, uh, two, three days a week. And I work in the parking lots and talk to the truck drivers. Now keep in mind, truck drivers are usually a little bit uh, rough in their talking and everything else, you yeah. But uh, it, it, it's awesome. Another thing is I have discovered is uh, they are willing to be straightforward. They don't beat around the bush, you know. Uh, this morning, I was in uh, Chilliwack and I talked to one driver from Vernon. And I asked him uh, if I can take him out for a cup of coffee at Tim Hortons because our uh, chapel is uh, right beside Tim Hortons. And he said, yes. So I asked him if you know Jesus Christ. He said, oh, yeah. But then... When we had coffee, it turns out that he was living on a Native Indian reserve, 
and that he prayed to God, to Jesus, but also to the native Indian uh, uh, gods, you know? So I explained to him that the Bible teaches very clear, we only can come to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, you know? And on the end, uh, he accepted the Bible and uh, just uh, promised me to start reading it, you know? And that's all about, you know? That uh, makes my day, and not only that, uh, and he's only one of them. I think uh, when I look at all pictures, I probably hand out a couple of hundred Bibles a year, you know? And believing and praying that God will do the rest, you know? It's not about me, it's about God. You know, and he should have the glory about everything, you know. And um, uh, my wife always said, you write something down, but then you never use it. <laughs> you know? And, uh, here, here. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, I told you about the statistics, you know. And uh, I hope you guys will be not part of those statistics, you know? I want to encourage you to uh, reach out. And you know something? When you do it once, the second time it's easier, you know? And slowly but surely, you're looking forward to it, you know? To share with everybody, you know? And, uh, uh, and that's with everything. I remember, um, uh, working uh, for about 10 years in uh, Richmond as a mechanic. And it was a company with a lot of uh, ruffians. When I walked in the lunchroom, everyone was swearing. Every second word was a swear word. So a buddy of mine, who was also a Christian, one day we talked about it. And from that day forward, every time we came in, everybody was quiet and no swearing at all. At the minute we left, they started again, you know, yeah. But it, it shows you that we as people can be an example and only when we are sincere about it, you know. And uh, another thing is also um, uh, when we look at all picture, you know, then we have to say God is our God, you know, and one day we will meet him, you know. And I, I can't wait till uh, talking to Jesus, you know? And uh, not only that, uh, finding out uh, what is all up there. And I think everybody has different opinions about it and a different vision of a different uh, thoughts about it. But whatever it is, it's, it's a million times better than we expect, you know? And uh, uh, another thing is also, when I look at, at my past, at, at one point, I was very well off financially, and I lost everything. And not only that, uh, we went through quite a turmoil, you know, but my wife stood with me all the time, my kids stood with me, and I remember one day we had a Thanksgiving dinner. My wife prepared everything, and then after dinner, I asked uh, the kids uh, if they want to pray together. And I said, okay, you pray whatever you feel like it. So our oldest daughter started praying, 
And he, she said, God, I thank you that you stripped my dad of all his money. I thought, oh man, where is she going, you know, you know? And she said, because of that, we all have Jesus Christ, you know? When something happened like that, you have to make up your mind. You become better or you become better, you know? And uh, in that particular case, everyone, all our kids, doesn't matter who they are, uh, it turns out for the better. You know, and isn't that uh, awesome? And also, uh, what we always do is practice at home what we are teaching and preaching. Uh, and especially with, uh, for instance, healing. You know, I'm a firm believer that Jesus Christ heals. Doesn't matter what it is. I remember one day I was driving... Uh, uh, I think I came from Quilters Lake and through Yarrow, and one of our daughters was living there. I thought, oh, stop by for a sec, because I knew she was home. So I stopped, and the door was open, nobody answered, and then suddenly my grandson was about 10 years old, comes out of the bedroom, and said, Mom is in the bathtub. I said, okay, just leave her there, Yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, you are home. He said, yeah, I was in bed. Uh, I was really sick this morning and uh, threw up and everything else. So I put my hands on him and I prayed for him. And I left. That afternoon, my daughter phoned and said, hey, Dad, uh, you came in this morning. And I tell you what happened. When she came out of the bathtub, Alex, the son, was sitting by the counter and making uh, some drawings and some paper. And I said to Alex, hey, hey, what happened? You're supposed to be sick. He said, no, Opa prayed for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but over and over, my wife always tells me I should uh, write a book about all the miracles I have seen and witnessed. But you know, when you get older, you forget half of it, you know, or most of it. Exactly, you know, and uh, not only that, uh, one day the kids uh, wanted to go to a movie on a Saturday, and one of us, sons, he was probably that time about 15, he wanted to go too. And around noon, he started throwing up and sick. That was not only, but he was worried that he couldn't go, you know, and... Uh, so I called all the kids together and play, put hands on him. He was instantly healed. And that uh, evening he went to the movie, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can go on and on, you know? But I uh, don't want to bother you too long, you know? And uh, keep also in mind, the gospel has never changed. The way we bring it, might be different, you know? But the gospel itself has never changed, and we have to keep that in mind and keep our eyes on, on that, you know? And uh, I want to uh, thank everybody <coughs> for listening, and also you guys as pastors. I want to encourage uh, you. Another thing also that came to my mind is make a point of praying every day for them.
You know, they need it. And keep in mind also that Satan uh, is, is trying to disrupt and distort. And when uh, uh, he can attack one in the gospel, he probably, uh, the result is that other people will be touched too, you know, in a negative way, you know. And uh, so, Lord bless all of you, you know. Again. King, there we go. I want you to stay up here for a minute. Thank you. Yep. We're, we're standing in the presence of an evangelist. I was telling Josh after I'd heard you. You know, it was so beautiful. I don't, did I hear him? On, no, I didn't get to hear you, but I walked in after you had recorded. Yeah, and, you know, I was so blessed. I, I went home and I told the kids. I said, I said, you know what Garrett did? I said, he wrapped his arms around Dad and I, and I said, he prayed for us. He prayed for us like a father prayed for us. And he prayed for you guys. He prayed for you, Sydney, and he prayed for you, Josiah, and he prayed for us as a church. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your heart. But I want to... Um, um, someone brought up the song, There Was Jesus. Was that you, Jill? Where's Jill? There you are. And um, last night, Jake picked me up from the airport really late, and um, thank you. Thank God for husbands that pick you up at the airport late. And we get into the driveway at the house, and I'm like, babe, I'm like, have you heard that song by Dolly Parton and, and Zach Williams, There Was Jesus? And he's like, no. So it was one of those moments. Do you ever like accost somebody and you make them listen to you like this song that they have to listen to because it's going to change their life? And I'm just going into this really intense Jenny moment. Like Kelly's dad, you know that I do. I go to that intense moment really fast. And I'm like, no, babe. I'm like, we've really got to pray for our church. We've really got to get them praying for their families. I'm like, you've got to listen to this song and just hear the spirit of this song. So I want to read the lyrics of this song. And then... I would like to ask you if you would pray a blessing over the church. And I believe that one of the ways, and we're not wrapping up this series like Jesus tonight, but this is what we were talking about last night was, I said, I think what we need to do now as with this series of like Jesus is we need to begin to turn it around now and release ourselves, release the body of Christ and say, okay, it's time. It's time for us to go be Jesus. It's time for us to go be the sent ones. And I can't think of anyone better in the house tonight than you to pray that blessing. But I want to read, just one sec, I want to read the lyrics to this song. I'm accosting you guys, captive audience here, but just, just go with me here for a minute if you haven't heard this song. And It said, every time I try to make it on my own, every time I try to stand, I start to fall. And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on, there was Jesus. Wow. When this life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces, every minute, every moment, where I've been or where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. For the man who needs amazing kind of grace, for forgiveness and a price I couldn't pay. I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day. There was Jesus. There was Jesus on the mountains, in the valleys. There was Jesus in the shadows of the alleys. There was Jesus in the fire, in the flood. There was Jesus always is and always was. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in broken pieces. Every minute, church, of every moment, 
where we've been and where we're going, even when we didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. Can we just stand up and let's just hold him? Worship team, can you just come? And we're going to end with the song. I, I wish we knew this song, and we are going to sing this as a church at some point. But I believe that even though the times are hard and even though the season, you know, there's just so much going on even in this week, but there's a holy moment. There is something so beautiful and something so wonderful happening in the hearts of the sons and daughters of the Lord. So if we could just close our eyes in this moment as Garrett prays a prayer over us. Yes, thank you, Father, heavenly God. Father, first of all, we want to thank you that you are a mighty and awesome Father. A mighty God, a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, and a Father who is in control of everything, regardless of what happened around the world, and regardless of what happened uh, at home or close to home, Father, you are always there, and you never forsake us and never leave us. And we want to thank you and give you the glory, Father. And I pray right now in Jesus' name, Father, for everyone uh, who is attending tonight in this church, Father. I pray a supernatural blessing upon them, Father. Not only a blessing, but also we pray in Jesus' name, Father, for prosperity, Father. We pray in Jesus' name, Father, that uh, uh, Satan doesn't get a foothold on uh, each one of us, Father. We pray, Father, for uh, our pastors, Father, for Jen and uh, Dave, Father, and everybody else who is involved in the church, Father. We pray supernatural protection over them, but also anointing, Lord, in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, wherever they go, Father, that they have favor. Wherever they go, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that people will be touched. And we pray also, Father, for uh, each one in this room, Father, in this church, for a new boldness, Father, that wherever we go, Lord, that we can talk to uh, people about Jesus Christ with love and compassion, Father. We pray, Father, for that special gift, Father, that uh, we can go out and share the gospel and at the same time love people, Father. I pray in Jesus' name, Father, that we can witness one day that they will come to Jesus Christ in droves, Father. I pray in the precious name of Jesus, Father, that uh, when we go out, that every uh, burden will be uh, lifted, Father. And when we go home, Father, that we have uh, not only a good night rest, but also a new desire to serve you more and more, Father. We thank you so much for that. And we pray in Jesus' name, Father, that uh, we can look forward to an awesome, awesome uh, winter, Father. Uh, Satan tried to disrupt that too, but we pray in Jesus' name, Father, that uh, together as brothers and sisters, we can encourage each other and also that we can uh, do what you want us to do, Father. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have a scripture for you. Um, whoever's six, who's 60 and over in this room? We can't do an altar call, but I just want you to just stand out into the aisle because I just want it just to stand out. There's, there's no shame here. 60 and older, just stand in the aisle. And as you begin to share tonight, actually, and then when you said you had lost everything, I was really encouraged because God had given me this scripture to share with you tonight. And I felt it was very important that you prayed first. 
because I believe God's restoring the fortunes of people in this place. That what the enemy meant for evil, what the enemy tried to steal from you, tried to steal from your family, tried to steal from your life, tried to steal from your bank account, tried to steal from your past, that God is restoring your now and your future. And Job 42 says, 10 says, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Church, we're either going to believe the word of God or we're not in these days. We're either Christians or we're not. We're either the sons and daughters or we're not. But I am. I am. I am a child of God. I take the Lord at his word and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's just reach our hands out to these people standing. Life is hard, but Jesus is greater. Satan can bring his best, but God's, gonna, God's given us so much greater. Just reach your hands out. God, I just thank you. I thank you for Jenny, for you. I thank you for pastors Blake and Adrian, for Jill and for Darlene, and for my mom and my dad and for Jeff and Jean and for Mario. I thank God for you and what you're going through right now. That God is reaching it into every space, into every place, and he's turning it around. He's turning it around for his glory, Garrett. He's turning it around for his honor. And I declare tonight that what the enemy intended for evil, that God is turning around for good. And we all agree that the fortunes that were stolen will be returned as you desire it, Lord, and as you planned in the name of Jesus. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want, church. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Only goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. We're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sir, you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And our testimony is going to be, surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this season. And we're aware of it. Let's sing great. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.